G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or wherever you're getting your podcast from. Thank you for joining us today and in a week that is celebrated as one of the great weeks of birthdays, I've been told, by... Yes, well, your favourite wrestler's birthday was this week. Well, I don't know if he's my favourite wrestler. What, Nick Berry? Oh, was it his birthday? Oh, and Loverboy. Oh, no, I don't like him. Did you send him a present, Tony? No. No, but he did tweet out from our show's account yep. and, and Facebook. That's uh, his Loverboy. one and only tweet from our yeah, account. Yeah, so that was nice of him. Oh, yeah. Well played. Uh, the Bushwhackers brought us in to the show, boys. Who did they beat? Uh, Brutus, Brutus the, the fucking <laughs> barber beefcake. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. <laughs> oh, you're upset. No. No, no. That ties into that ties what we're in, doing that on the ties weekend. Into, yeah, something that's oh, going okay. on in Australia this week. Cool. Uh, no surprise. I prefer to call him Bar Booty Man, though. It was Zodiac. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> that's how I choose to remember him. Ed hey, Leslie. Let's talk about Steph Delanda last uh, week. Uh, she was great. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. It was a uh, quite enjoyable chat. Had some laughs. And some perverts commenting on, commenting on the picture that we posted, but other than that... Well, that's uh, social media. Oh, man. It is at the moment, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Mm. It, yeah I was going to say wrestling fans, but it's, uh, no, it's, it's everywhere. Not. I just think it was... Because it was an ad, uh, we got some crap. Yeah. We weren't our listeners. There's just some jerks who uh, objectify women, and they can fuck right off. Yep. That's not a bad way to be. That's two already. Yeah. You're do we looking, have to redo this? No, no. Uh, but yeah, it was a great interview, and she's she spoke really well. Like knows it knows herself really well. I felt. Well, yes. So she should. She is herself. Yes. <laughs> she knows her IHOP very well. Yeah. Yeah, she does like IHOP, and she's I, uh, wrestling. I'm this not weekend. an IHOP fan. You're a food fan. So a, she was explaining the pancakes. It's a little bit uh, overpriced. IHOP for what they give. So it's a. You're a Wendy's guy? I'm more of a Wendy's guy, yeah. What about Denny's? Yeah, they don't have Denny's over in the States. What? I went to I went to Denny's. They, Wendy's. they really no. do have Denny's. No, that's it's yeah. an American well, franchise. I, been, I, been I had one. it for... It is an American company. Oh, yeah, no, I have yeah. been to one. Yeah. There's one in Niagara Falls. The, the grated uh, hash browns had no. them for every breakfast Tony's when I was on my Bucks party. Tony's still trying to get over the closure of Ollie's trolleys. I wonder what our guest... That is, actually. That's a sad moment, that... I'm prefers sorry. when it comes to grated hash browns or just normal ones. We speak, of course, of Jack Bonza, who joins us on the line now. G'day, Jack. Hey, guys. How are you going? Fantastic, mate. Uh, how are you going? How's the wrestling scene up in Sydney? Um, I'm, I'm going really well. Everything's going fantastic right now, actually. It's a great time to be here. <laughs> yeah, and you've got a PWA, of who you're a huge part of, have got a massive show this weekend. On Saturday, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the match that you've got there? Sure. Okay. So uh, Saturday uh, at Max Watts, it's going to be myself and Jessica Troy versus Shaz and McKenzie and Robbie Eagle. Um, Shaz and McKenzie is uh, one of my uh, regular tag team partners in the Four Nations, and um, and yeah, this one kind of going into it. Uh, Jess is the number one contender for Shazam McKenzie's PWWA uh, championship, um, which is kind of interesting because the whole thing recently has been that Shazam is trying to actually go after the, the PWA championship on its own and become dual champion, uh, but she's got to defend both at the same time. So because there was a, already a title match on this one, um, 
the PWA title match is going to be on next time. But yeah, they get to get in the ring with each other uh, this month is kind of a little prelude to their championship match next time. Yeah, and four of Australia's best talents in the ring at the same time. It's going to be one that uh, you can't afford to miss. Yeah, it was interesting because um, the match got released online and um, it got a bigger reaction than I think any any of us anticipated. Uh, it was It's not really supposed to be one of the uh, main matches on the card. There's already the heavyweight championship match and uh, and there's Ricky South and Unsocial Jordan having their second match and if Ricky... Ricky loses his match, he has to join SMS. And, um, there's a lot of other stuff like that going on. So, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, us down in Melbourne, we're looking forward to, to coming online so we can all watch it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to step away from the wrestling for <laughs> one second. Uh, if anyone follows uh, Bonzer on Twitter, you know he's a big, res- uh, big Simpsons fan. I just want to know, can you actually turn anything into back to a Simpsons reference? Yeah, I think you can. Um, <laughs> like, uh, it's been on for that many years and that much stuff happened. The funny, the funniest thing is always when um, when there'll be like an old movie reference or something like that, and I've never seen the movie, but I know exactly what's going on because the Simpsons have referenced it so many times. It's, it's <laughs> so true, though. And then you'll be watching a movie and a scene will come up and you're like, oh, hang on, I know this from the Simpsons. It'll pop up. <laughs> Yeah, and the wonderful thing about watching it kind of growing up is when you're a kid, you enjoy it for the for the surface area, and then when you you get older, um, there are all the little jokes and stuff that you miss the first time. Like one I was talking about recently with one of the other guys was um, there's an episode where uh, with Mister Bergstrom. Yes. Uh, the guest voice was um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, the the bloke who started the graduate. Oh, is it Dustin Hoffman? Hoffman? Yeah. Dustin Hoffman was the was the guest voice, and then there's just that little bit where uh, Mrs. Krabappel is, is trying to hit on him, and then they do the little shot through the legs, and he says, "Mrs. Krabappel, you're trying to seduce me." It's just one of those things that when you're a kid it goes over your head, but then when you're old, you're like, "Oh, it's Dustin Hoffman! It's the whole thing! It's amazing!" Um, but continuing with the Simpsons theme, I've seen a uh, a fan got a tattoo of yourself and already uh, as a hellfish. Oh, yeah. And in Krusty the Clown, that that was a that's amazing uh, for a fan to go that far. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, what happened was so uh, a few years back, this bloke uh, named uh, Goody Goody Tunes, uh, his real name is Zane. He's a tattoo artist based out of um, based out of Tugra. The last time I checked, and um, he was a big wrestling fan. So his suggestion was that he come in and he does. And this is for Newcastle Pro. And he comes in and does a lot of our, our merchandising, and he starts making shirts and all sorts of stuff for us. And he's amazing. Like he's like a, a world class artist. Like he's coming in and asking uh, if he can help us out. And we're looking at his Instagram, and he's got thirty five thousand followers on his Instagram, which is <laughs> you know roughly ten times what our wrestling company went has. I'm like, yeah, man, you can help if you want. <laughs> um, so he comes in and he starts doing like stuff, and he starts doing a lot of uh, imagery and 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 drawing for us, um, like all the t shirts and different things like that. And then. Uh, when he started doing all those images, one of our other fans, you know, just covered in tattoos, thought it would be cool to get some of them tattooed on him. So he has like a sleeve now, um, this guy. He has a really cool Robbie Eagles tattoo where it's got the, um, it's like a little Terminator thing, like his, his eye patch thing that he uses to, to the sniper thing is kind of like part of his head. And he has like a Conco on the Fives tattoo. And then he just recently got some Simpsons inspired ones, you know, me as Homer and Nick as 
uh, crusty, and then um, and he also got the velocities. Is I think they kind of look like Otto. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really cool. So that's how that stuff all came together. But yeah, the boys got a bunch. We've got Ricky South one as well. That's amazing. But yeah, Daryl. Shout out to Daryl. I guess yeah, he's a, he's a he's a really cool guy. He's um yeah, he's a really committed fan. He's putting the rest of you fans to shame. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. He really is. Um. I know that uh, something that we're looking at doing uh, later in the year is going up to Sydney to see a PWA show. We're thinking the double header that you're running in October. Um, yeah. What uh, is this like uh, an ambitious project, or is this something that just uh, you know you know if you put the double header on, you can make it a destination show uh, and. So, yeah, so it's an ambitious project. So, I mean, we're, I mean, every, everybody kind of realizes we've, we've shouted about it enough. We're trying to put Australian wrestling on the map. Um, like, the, you're going to notice us and the Now We Conquer and, and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to get people here. So, yeah, the original idea of the Coliseum tournament was, um, well, there are a couple of things. One, we started with a new venue. And so when you run um, longer-term shows, like, uh, out of the same venue, you need consistent storylines. Um, to keep people coming back. If you're going to run in the same area over and over again, but at the same time, you can't expect them to know what's happened at other venues. Yeah. So we kind of, when we started with a fresh venue that we wanted to run regularly, we had to we had to start from scratch. And the problem with that is that when we run our championship matches, you know, we don't want just any random dickhead challenging for the championship. It's got to be somebody who's really built up and earned it. Um, and that takes time. Uh, so in the period of time, we've got Wahlberg and I've, this week, in the period of time that Wahlberg was being built up, um, we had to do something that would mean something and have main events, but not use championships so much. So the Coliseum tournament was a way of giving everybody something to do and something cool to focus on. Um, and also finishing, you know, the, the stuff with me and Mick and kind of doing all those kinds of things um, was a way of doing that while we built up contenders for the other championships. So now we can just keep cascading main events that have already been built up for four or five months now that we've had that period of time in the venue. Um, but the other the other aspect of the Coliseum tournament was that, you know, everybody knows the Battle of Los Angeles. Everyone knows the Bola tournament. Everyone knows the Super Strong Style tournament. There is no... Like, there are some invitational Australian tournaments around Australia, but there isn't one that's really been established as the tournament to come in this country. Yeah. And um, so when we did a tournament, we needed to spread it out over a few shows because we weren't really confident that we could run a double header and, and have enough people come. Um, but so the idea is that this year we're trying to kick something off that could make this be the destination Australian tournament. Like this is the one that people come to. And the only way you're going to do that is if you do it over two or three days. So we're going to um, release the event soon. Um, tickets will go on sale soon, six months ahead of time. Like, we're, we're really going to spend a lot of time building this up. Um, we've, got, we've got at least one international guy who's never been to Australia before. Um, I think when people hear about it, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big pop. Um, so at least one. Um, and then, yeah, we're just, we're trying to make this the, you know, the tournament that everybody really focuses on. And like, as a destination, so people come and travel and see it and make it worth everybody's while. And obviously, we have a, um, a very close relationship with Mike Quackenbush and Chikara. And one of the things Chikara do over the King of Trios weekend, you know, another big tournament, is they have a fan complex. Um, so on the Saturday, um, with the, the, it'll be a Friday, Saturday. So on the Saturday day, 
um, you'll be able to, as part of your ticket package, or you can buy it, or you'll be able to buy it separately. Uh, a fan conclave where you can come in for probably about four hours, and there'll be all sorts of different activities and stuff going on. We've talked about doing maybe a live podcast. Um, we're looking at like um, we'll have beer pong set up. Like we'll have uh, Chris Callan and Rose, our commentators there. You'll be able to like commentate over footage with them. Um, like we're looking at setting up maybe like even an eating contest with Clyde Drake or something. Because if you ever oh, you have to hold another tangent, you can get on with Clyde Drake about his uh, his speed eating. He sets records. That guy's a freaking nature. Um, I'll tell you. Yeah, look, <laughs> You're throwing out the challenge there already, Tony. Thing, right? There, there was a there was a burger challenge, and this is a massive burger. And they say that if you can finish this burger in 15 minutes, they give it to you for free, and they put you up on the wall. They said the record is like six minutes and 45 seconds. We got it on tape. It's on YouTube. It went viral. It did all this stuff. They put this burger in front of Kai Drake, and he finished it in under two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it well, wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we um, might so, have to book Gino Gambino up as our contestant. Oh, hey, man, yeah. Well, Gino, I think he's a poser. Oh. That guy with the eating contest. No, you know what I said? He did an eating contest with Shadow McKenzie, and Shadow beat him. Really? Wow. Yeah, they did some. They just asked her about it um, when they did it. Yeah, I mean, that being said, he may not be a poser. Shazza might just also be a freak of nature. Like, she can eat. <laughs> Well, but Gino, Gino announced kick, yeah. Gino announced today that he's planning on eating the whole uh, board at McDonald's. So, <laughs> one of everything, <laughs> except oh, the man, soft drinks because they're too fattening. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that includes um, all the different types of ice creams and Oreos and stuff too, or maybe you can just mix all of them in one. I don't know, but those stale McDonald's cookies might get him. I reckon. <laughs> Are you have you been intrigued with uh, especially last weekend down here in Melbourne and the numbers that uh, came along to PCW just over two thousand yeah. there MCW close to a full house uh, there six hundred yeah. seven hundred so some amazing numbers attending wrestling down here in Melbourne and obviously that's got the uh, the lips salivating up there in Sydney I would have thought. Uh, yeah, in what way, sorry? Oh, just yeah, there's great numbers coming to wrestling events, and obviously that translates, hopefully translates right around the country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Melbourne, um, as, a, as a city, culturally speaking, is um, is just tuned in to going to things. Um, like, that's why the band scene is always so hot in Melbourne. That's why WWE ran Melbourne and, and got such a big crowd. People in Melbourne go to stuff. Um, the fans up there are, are fantastic. Um, they're, they're so supportive. They'll go out and they do all that kind of stuff. It's just it's a little bit easier up there to get people to come out. Uh, 2000 was amazing. Um, when I saw that, the interesting thing I thought about that was it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, I know they were advertising stuff like that, but I, I knew PCW were having an event. I didn't realize it was going to come anywhere that size. I assume it's because they did all their advertising, you know, to people in the local area who would actually go and, you know, people in New South Wales like myself, you know, weren't what they were targeting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. And then MCW also doing so well on the same night. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really, yeah, it's really cool um, to see that kind of stuff up there. Yeah, I mean, we're doing, um, we're, we're doing pretty well down here, like, uh, but not, not quite those numbers. But I mean, people in Sydney, uh, <laughs> they're not, uh, they're not quite as tuned into to going out to everything. Like, I think it's WWE around Sydney. I don't think they'd be getting seventy five thousand people either. Um, it's a bit different down here, but we're, we're building up very steadily. Um, like Newcastle Pro, um, for a period of time too, it's a bit further out there. We're getting 400, 450 per show. 
Uh, PWA is, is topping 300 plus a show, um, but it's on the rise, you know. And um, and when we start doing these, um, when we start building up these uh, Coliseum tournament, yeah, we're hoping that can be our thing that kind of pushes us up uh, to the next level in terms of numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really good. Um, APW as well. Um, I went up and did a show with them. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. I think they had 600 at it. Like just um, yeah, right around the country, it's just it's um, everything's really picking up. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> really, I have nothing but positive things to say about all that. Yeah, I mean, I know that down here, uh, going to the wrestling's become somewhat of a cool niche thing to do, and I think yeah. that's played a really big part in it. And I think that what you guys have done with going to Max Watts and making it adults only, you've made yeah. that venue a really cool place to be. And I think that's the first step to getting the huge numbers. Well, yeah, I mean, because the thing about it is that. Um, wrestling has become cool again, mm. like to a, to a degree. Like it's not viewed as that, that thing that's just the kids anymore. Like the rise of the, the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks and the Elite and, um, and New Japan, doing all that kind of stuff, it's, it's for adults now. Um, so there, that's what we lamped into with PWA Black Label was just like to make it super obvious, like, hey, guys, this isn't kids wrestling. Like this is a cool thing you come down and do. Um, one of the things we did when um, – when Will Ospreay first came down and when Zack Sabre came down, um, we kind of asked them what happened in Britain. Like what, what happened in England that took it from where we are now to what it is now. And one of the things they said consistently, every time we asked what happened to, like we asked guys from there what happened, they said that they basically they went from running community halls to running proper venues. And, like, for anybody who hasn't ever run an event, and why would you have reads to have done that? Um, it, it's such a difference in cost. Like, you go from something that's going to cost three to five hundred dollars to something that's going to cost five or six thousand. Like, it's a big, it's a big risk to take, and it's a scary jump for, for promoters who are used to only paying two hundred dollars. But when you take that leap with something like Max Watts, um, because the other thing too about our tickets is like a front row costs at least fifty bucks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the cheapest ticket you're going to find is 30, which is roughly double um, what, you know, the kid-friendly show's most expensive tickets normally are. So it's not like – so our gate is bigger. Um, you, you, you have to take that leap of faith and hope that people follow you. Otherwise, you never – you're never going to turn it into anything cool. So much of wrestling is in the atmosphere. Um, you know, I always say that you can have the best quality roster on the planet, but if you're in a – you know, a place with terrible atmosphere, people are going to have a bad time. Or if you have an okay roster, but you have a place with a great atmosphere, people are going to have a fantastic time. Um, it's just, re- it's really got so much to do with, uh, you know, with the show is, is the venue, the lighting, um, how it looks, whether you can, you know, have a beer there or whether you've got to worry about the little kids in front of you repeating the words that you just said. Um, so, yeah, I think the Peter Gray Black Label stuff has been, uh, really successful and getting us out there and getting sponsors um, in, in getting other people attracted to us. Like we've been talking to even like um, even like band promoters who want to do like a cross promotion between bands and wrestling. Yeah, like a wrestle rock type thing. Like a wrestle rock, yeah. Um, and it's cool that we didn't have to seek them out. They saw that. Yeah, and there's so, so much you can do because you guys have positioned yourself now as a must-see company in New South Wales. And so now yeah. when someone Googles wrestling in Sydney, 
you're, you're going to be the first thing that comes up and you're going to be the first recommended, which is going to give you that yeah, opportunity. Sure. And it's just a fact too, I mean, because, I mean, we kind of band together a little bit. So, I mean, we have a very close working relationship with the guys at MCW. Like, we share a lot of the um, international talent and stuff when it comes down um, with EPW as well, Wrestle Rampage. Like, uh, it's just we kind of group together so that when people are looking at Australia, they're looking at us. Yeah, and that's important. Uh, big uh, weekend for you guys, PWA Black Label uh, up there, Wahlberg versus Oak for the heavyweight championship. Should be a ripper. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be. A, yeah, I think it's going to be a great one. Um, there's there's almost no tickets left. <laughs> Fantastic, that's great news. Yeah, yeah we're at the point of selling out. Like we come pretty close to selling out um, most of the time, but this one um, started off a little bit slower. But recently, it's just um, packed up. The other thing that's interesting too, and this is just everything that I love about. Um, what we're doing right now wrapped into one concept is we have um, we have a hen's night coming. That's amazing. <laughs> we have a yeah a hen's night who decided to for their for their hen's party they're going to come to the wrestling. So brilliant! <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we just got to come up with ideas about what we can do for it. Well, Ricky South, I would assume, will be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Wal- so Wal- with Ricky Stout. Maybe with Wahlberg, yeah, maybe yeah. both. We're talking about maybe, um, maybe we could get her up there and playing beer pong. Yeah, that'd yes. be a good idea. Yeah. And then, um, but then we thought, you know, like no, because I mean, normally the concept is you, if you win the raffle, you get to play beer pong, and if you can beat Wahlberg in beer pong, you get, you know, you get the raffle money. Um, but the um, what we're thinking about doing is instead of doing that raffle, maybe we get her up there to play, and they play strip beer pong. <laughs> but instead of um. If she gets one in, Wahlberg has to take an item of clothes off. But if Wahlberg gets one in, we get Ricky South out there and he's a surrogate, so he has to strip. Ah, clever. <laughs> I, I think like that it. would work. I think that would work. Yeah. So either way, either way, the end night wins. Or either way, everyone wins. I don't know. <laughs> Very interested to read one of your tweets over the last couple of days as well, uh, Jack, in regards to training and, and new people into the industry. And the fact yeah. that uh, they come in with these bright eyes and, you know, bushy-tailed and thinking all I've got to do is a few moves and I'm going to be a champion. But they uh, people just do not realise the amount of work that it takes to get yourself to yeah. a situation where not only, one, you're fighting in the ring, but, two, you have a sustainable career in the ring. Yeah, it's um, it's probably the biggest point of contention um, with wrestlers in, in our Australian industry is, is proper training. Um, it may fly out of the radar, out of the radar for a lot of fans, um, but it's just so important because I mean I put out an article. I mean, not an article. Like a, I put up like a web thing. I think it's still on the Newcastle Pro website, probably five or six years ago. And the the problem is that when you first start wrestling, or when you first start looking for a training school, you don't know what's quality and what's not quality. Um, so I put out this article thing and it's just things to look for when you don't know what you're looking for. Um, cause what happens is you go into a place and then they'll tell you what you want to hear. Like they'll say to you, Oh no, it's cool. We'll show you how to do a power driver and I'll show you how to do a stunner and I'll show you how to do a, you know, a swanson off the top rope and that'll be great. We'll have you in the ring and you know, you'll be resting the match in six weeks. Just bring some of your friends and make them watch. Um, and it's a problem because then when they start, you know, they, they start wrestling in these, you know, crappy places in front of smaller crowds, but then they, they have this attitude where I'm already a wrestler. I don't need to train. Um, you, you don't need to keep putting in hard work. Like I've been wrestling for 12 years. I still train 
in wrestling at least once a week, and I have done consistently since I started, as well as going to the gym every day um, to, to do other workouts and keep myself in shape because, you know, first of all, you've got to keep yourself safe, and then second of all, you've got to keep your opponent safe. Um, actually, it's the reverse order. First of all, you've got to keep your opponent safe. Second of all, you've got to keep you safe. And then if their concentration is keeping you safe, then everybody's good. Um, and there's so much little stuff that goes into protecting yourself. Like at Newcastle Pro, we don't let them in the ring for three months. Mm. Um, like that's how long it takes to, to learn all the other stuff. And the reason that I kind of brought that tweet out was um, that I actually, because I usually run the advanced class. So what I did recently was I started um, with a group of trainees, totally fresh, um, from the from the absolute beginners class, and it's just amazing to me. Um, just from day one, like so, even even just doing the tryout, like um, I do everything with them. You know, if you're a trainer, that you shouldn't be asking them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Like you don't just stand up the front and say, "Okay, guys, 500 squats," and then play on your phone while I do 500 squats. If I say 500 squats. We're all doing 500 squats, including me, and I'm yelling at them the whole time about how they got to have better technique while they're doing their squats. Um, like, and you got to do all that stuff. And then when they see you doing it, they know they have to do it. They know it's important. Um, and even after three or four weeks, like those rookies who I've taken are so hardworking. They ask all the right questions. They show up to shows. They're early. They do everything they can in their power to help. Like just instilling that um, that respectful attitude from day one. You can even see after like six weeks that they're absolutely on the right track to go on somewhere good. And it's just so heartbreaking when you see people end up in the wrong places with the wrong attitude because at first it's not their fault. They just they walked into a place they assumed was good. They learned from people who have taught them the wrong things, but they have no idea what to do better. And then they're screwed. And then you're three or four years down the track, they walk into a place and they say, yeah, I'm a trained professional wrestler and then they drop someone on their head and that person may never walk again. Yeah. Um, like it's, you know, it's a very serious thing. Like what we do is really dangerous. <laughs> like it's, it's really, really dangerous. If you, if you aren't conditioned for it properly and if you don't know how to do things correctly with the right attitude that I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to hurt somebody else, yeah, you can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, and the stories we hear, even WWE, you signed for WWE, you're a professional wrestler, you've been doing it for 10 years, your first day yeah. there, you're doing roles. Yeah, they need to make sure. Hmm. Um, they need to make sure that you know how to do all that stuff, because not everybody gets taught roles. Like, we had, um, like, I won't name any names, but, like, it was PWA and Newcastle Pro. Um, sometimes, you know, locally, we get a we, you know, people say that we're, we're elitist. Like, they think that, you know, we're snobby somehow because we're always talking about how we're the top shelf or whatever and um, how you've got to train, you've got to do all this different stuff. But we welcome everybody to our training club uh, because we don't care where you wrestle. We just want you to be the best you can be because most people, it's starting to change a little bit now, but most of the time, um, especially before, people didn't differentiate pro wrestling company. It was just local wrestling. It doesn't matter what three letters is at the beginning of it. So we don't really like crappy companies being out there because they think that we're the same as them. So when um, wrestlers who come to those companies, we welcome them in and we want to give them the best training we can so they can go wherever they want and perform the best they can because their reputation is usually the same as our reputation uh, to lay people. Um so, yeah, we welcome everybody in as, as, um, as, as much as we can. Um, and, um, yeah, to try and get that thing out there, it's just one of those um, 
Sorry, I, I go on these tangents. I forgot where I was actually. That's all right. No, I get it. Like, um, you can't have uh, companies bring the whole industry down because we're working too hard to, to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we welcome everybody to come to our training schools, um, no matter no matter where. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, we're talking about the roles and stuff. Yeah, and we had somebody come from what was supposed to be a you know more reputable place, and um, they were already professional wrestlers who'd been on on cards for a couple of years and they were experienced. And we get them in there, and first thing we do, okay, guys, two front rolls, two front rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just it's something you need to be able to do, especially roles, because people always talk about bumps, but roles will kind of save yourself. Like if something goes wrong midair and you need to catch yourself, you you need to be able to do um, the right roles. Like I've been doing martial arts since I was a little kid, um, and the amount of times I saved my face because I would come head first off my bike and I would just three quarter roll. <laughs> yeah. And let them, I think it really does protect you when you're being thrown and stuff like you're doing the roll. So, yeah, you go to WWE, they've got to make sure you can roll no matter who you are or how long you've been wrestling. It's important. No, it makes sense. <coughs> um, we've got a few listener questions that we want to throw at you. Okay. I, I've just got a personal one quickly. Okay. I, um, now that you're doing multiple shows on a weekend, um, any chances of running on a Sunday or a Monday night so you can enjoy going to work the next day after getting home at three or four in the morning? <laughs> like well, the WSW the World tour? Series, World Series, yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they run on, they usually run Mondays in Sydney. Last time they ran on Sunday and Monday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it happens. I mean, we ran the Star Show on a Monday when we had progress down. Um, we usually we usually run Fridays and Saturdays because it's, it's best for you know, fans come in and stuff. So, I mean, me personally, I um, I, I do a number of things. Like, I help, I help with wrestling. I make enough money out of wrestling that it's kind of like a, it's not a full-time job, but it's a part-time job um, at this point. But then I also, I also run a pest control business, um, and I'm also the manager of a, of a tax agency. So, I, um, I'm always working. <laughs> I might have to really hire you. Matter. Do you yeah, come down to Melbourne to work? Me. Because we've got uh, I've got a bloke called Lockie Hendricks who's a bloody pest who I'd like to get removed. <laughs> I think I'm. Uh, I think he's coming down to Sydney soon. I don't know if it's been announced, but I think I'm wrestling. Uh, can you put some rat poison in his drink or something? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, who are the crowd booing that one? <laughs> oh, I think uh, I think I think it'd be a triple threat or something. So there'll be someone else. <laughs> someone to cheer. Listen to questions, boys. Yeah, yeah um, I've got one from Corey Gretch. He says, yeah. which Aussie wrestler do you most want to compete with in the ring? And why is that wrestler Stevie Philippe? <laughs> um, who? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, Philippe's doing well. Um, I think it'd be cool. I don't know. Are they usually, they're usually more tag wrestlers, aren't they? Actually, they're, they're, they're tag very little, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they, would, they do make a good tag. Uh, but who do you, um, you want to... You know, from Australia, you haven't oh, got in the ring. Oh, who I want to work with? Yeah. Um, the thing is, I've already wrestled um, most people. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of masses out there that I really haven't um, haven't already been on top of to some degree. I think um, I think the next thing that needs to be settled in in between the nations and TNDK. Yeah, I think that would be money, that yeah, feud. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got one from Twitter from a uh, a Jack Bonza. Uh, 
My Time Is Now or Basic Thugonomics? Which was the better song for John Cena? <laughs> Settle the, the debate Look, now. I'm all about Basic Thugonomics. So um, I. I. I know all the lyrics to My Time Is Now because there was a point in time where it was my morning alarm. <laughs> <laughs> that will make you get out of bed just to turn it so, off. It, it, it's an uplifting song to, to start your day to. But no, Basic Thugonomics, like... Um, Untouchable, but I'm forcing you to steal me. Like, come on. The, <laughs> the greatest lyrics since um, I Start Saving Me. <laughs> um, at Shadow Novaks, when will you make Kingsley a full member of the Four Nations? She's too awesome to be a flag bearer. Listen, um, it's not easy to become a member of the nation. you got to um, you got to work for that stuff. Like, the um, even Jessica Troy, it took her years um, to get in. Kingsley's still very new. Um and especially somebody if they want to be in the Red Nation. And the only the Red Nation is the only nation that's never had a second member. Um, so for me personally, like I, I pride myself very much on my um, on my mat wrestling stuff and on my techniques and, and things like that. So if she can prove herself in that aspect, because again, if someone's representing me personally, and I take a lot of pride in that stuff, you got to be good. So I think once she can um, once she can once she shows that she can do that. Um, then we'll we'll take another look at her application. Um, the, the other thing is too about it is that there's um there's really there's really two rules if you want to be in the four nations. One of them is um everything for the team. If if you're in the match, you don't do your individual stuff. You do team stuff. Um, because when we started the nations, the reason why we were we had success initially is because in New South Wales, at least, there weren't any tag teams. Nobody wanted to be in a tag team. Everybody wanted to be an individual wrestler. You got stuck in a tag match. You weren't put in a tag match. You were stuck in a tag match. And there were two individual wrestlers who happened to be teaming that night. There weren't any teams. And then all of a sudden, we get thrown together. And so we decide to do every double-team move we could think of under the sun. I mean, tag team champions at PWA at the time didn't have a double-team finisher. Yeah. Um, so we stuck out so much because we did nothing um, but team stuff. So that's the first rule of being in the nation is everything for the team. The second rule is you always got to wear your colour. Um, whatever, you, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, I wear red, um, often wear blue. The problem with the girls in the nation is that at a certain point, they want to wear different pretty gear. Yeah, can't do that. Um, and so it really it's kind of one of those difficult things where it's like, you know, you, you're in the Red Nation. You've got to wear red and black. You can't wear yellow. <laughs> I don't care how pretty it looks on you. You're in the Red Nation. And so if they, if they want to break those rules. And so sometimes, yeah, the girls have logistical difficulties. Like Madison doesn't give a shit because Madison, you know, she's there to be a pro wrestler. So she does yeah, wearing green, there's, there's no issue there. Um, but, yeah, some of the, some of the other times I've had, I've had girls in the group. And when I say that, I mean, we've literally been more than 50% female. If you look at our membership, like it's like there have been more women in the group than there have been men. So, I mean, we've, you know, come up with it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the big struggle. They always want to wear different colours. A final one for you, mate, and it's from uh, at Lord Squarehead. Which yep. international would you like to face? Oh, um, I, in my dream match, yeah, I want to wrestle. Much, yeah. uh, I want to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> That'll be like, um, yeah, Suzuki Goon. Goddamn, that'd Bring be a brutal Suzuki match. Goon. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's my dream. <laughs> you have to that's wear a mouth guard, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nice choice. Hey, uh, we really appreciate you, Jack, coming on and having a chat to us uh, this week. Give us your uh, Twitter handles and all that sort of stuff if people want to follow you. Literally everything is Jack Bonza. Uh, nobody nobody took the name Jack Bonza before I came in, luckily. So, yeah, Twitter at Jack Bonza, Facebook is Jack Bonza, um, Instagram is Jack Bonza. No underscores or nothing, just straight out Jack Bonza. Straight out Jack Bonza. Beautiful. Hey, mate, thank you once again. I look forward to catching up with you hopefully in October when we come up for the uh, the big weekend. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Thanks for having us on. Uh, Lovely. Appreciate your time. Jack Bonza joining us here on the Turnbuck. Welcome back. Section number two of the show here tonight. Uh, he was pretty good, Jack Bonza. Yeah, very good. Yes, he was. Yeah, speaks really well. Hey, guys, uh, speaking of well and great, we brought it up with Jack. What an amazing weekend uh, for PCW and over 2,000 people turning up to their show at Knox. Uh, that is just unfathomable that they were going to get 2,000. We thought 1,600 was where they were at and then... Yeah, look, it's, it shows what a company can do when all of the wrestlers band together and believe in what they're doing and assist with promoting the show, which is something that you saw all over social media was all of the wrestlers, you know, trying to help sell tickets. Let's find out how they did it and how the show went as we bring on a lady who went pretty well on the weekend. Aisha, day to you. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for joining us. First of all, and I'm going to go straight to the top, your first table spot, I believe. Yes, yeah, first How, time. How'd you pull up? Um, I pulled up all right. Um, took a lot of things during that match, but um, I think I pulled up all right after that. But, yeah, it was pretty terrifying because I'm also afraid of heights. Oh, so really? that bump was off, like, the top of the ladder. So it was pretty terrifying, but, yeah, I'm all right. Did you get in trouble off your mum? Oh, okay. So the thing is, um, <laughs> the thing is, I told her um, we were going to be in the main event, but I didn't tell her it was going to be a TLC match. So when the match started, she was a bit caught off guard. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but because of an unfortunate injury to Lucas Daniels, you found out. 24 hours before that you were going to be A, in the main event and B, in a TLC match. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, so I was basically at work. Um, I suddenly got a call from um, Rowdy, the promoter, um, and he just called me and be like, okay, so this happened. Uh, Lucas Daniels suffered an injury and, like, they couldn't do the match. So he told me that to move to Maine, move to TLC. And, yeah, um, yeah it was pretty shocking because it totally, like, changed everything for us yeah so you've got not much time to put that together and the the reports that i've heard out of the show and what i've seen online it it looked incredible and everyone's saying that you guys really tore the house down so it's a credit to everybody involved yeah we definitely did and um also i do feel like when we came out there the crowd were a bit dead i like they they saw a lot of stuff they were like it was a pretty stacked card, but um, so I felt like they started off dead. But by the end of that match, we totally had them; like they were completely alive again. It was amazing. What? Just talk us through walking out of the the locker room and seeing those twenty one hundred fans. What, what's that? 
What's that like? What's the nerves like at that stage? Oh my god. Um, yeah, the whole night, I was so nervous. Like even um, just hearing the crowd. I remember when the show started, just hearing the crowd. I couldn't believe that was real. Like it sounded kind of like artificial because mm-hmm. it sounded like it came from TV. But like it's like wow, they're like right there. So coming out to like all those people it was so surreal. Like. Even now, like, it still has, like, it's been a couple of days, still hasn't sunk in, like, the fact that we performed in front of all those people. It was incredible. Put it put it into perspective, some SmackDown tapings have been drawing 22, 2300 <laughs> in the last month or two. So that's a credit to the Australian talent at yeah, the minute and PCW, absolutely. of course. Yeah. And, yeah. like, the thing is, all of, like, it was all out of, like, homegrown talent as well. The fact that we were able to do that, that's incredible. Uh, take us through the process of going from a few hundred people on a weekly basis to watch your shows to going to 2,100 people. Uh, how? What did you guys have to do to get to that situation? We've heard of uh, ticket stalls being set up at the local basketball association for a month or two, selling it to the, the kids and stuff and the parents as they come along to play basketball, all that sort of stuff. Some some ingenious stuff, I suppose, that hadn't been tried before. Yeah. Um, I guess we were just – we were all given a task to um, sell tickets. So, like, um, how do I say it? Um, we were just all encouraged to, like, sell tickets and to get everyone on board – like to market ourselves because that's what we are as wrestlers. Well, mm. we're a bit like our own like little business, so we got to market ourselves and like get people to like come and like invest in us and stuff. So, so we did, like we did a lot of different things, and it definitely worked since we got two thousand people. So it was just it was really teamwork that got this to happen. We all worked as a team, um, and yeah, it's it's. Kind of hard to explain, but yeah. No, no, not at all. You've, you've done that well. Yeah. Now, <laughs> for you personally, Aisha, uh, it was probably three or four months ago. You weren't getting on every PCW card. There was a lot of cards that you, you know, weren't even on to wrestle. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk through what's happened in the last three months that's that's taken you from you know not being on cards in front of two hundred people to being in the main event in front of 2,000 people? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane because um, I remember last year I was I, – I did used to get a bit frustrated not, like, being on ignition as much as, like, like I thought I should be. Like, I thought I, like, had the ability to be on ignition, to draw those crowds and such. And um, it's a bit frustrating when, like – there wasn't much for me to do. So um, that changed when I joined RB4K. Um, I think I grabbed a lot of people's attention. It gave me something to do. So now I'm always basically on the card. And it's just amazing that, like, I went from barely being on the card to, like, on the weekly cards and ignition to being in the main event at Grand Slam, like, if you told me that was going to happen three months ago, I wouldn't believe you. So, yeah, it's kind of surreal that it ha- happened. And your coaches, uh, when you got back through the curtain after that match, how, how did they re- receive not just you but the whole, all six of you? Oh, it was – everyone was positive. Everyone said we killed it. Um, yeah, everyone was backstage um, 
clapping and everything and they were all like being like you guys killed it and it, it was so rewarding like oh <laughs> it's hard for me to talk about because i'm so speechless about the whole thing you know it's going to you know yeah. it's going to be tough though i reckon is going from yeah. 2100 last week going back mm-hmm. to ignition this weekend and a couple of yeah. hundred people it's going to be tough. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the PCW Arena, because I think a lot of a lot of people who were at that show last week will want to come along again and check out yeah. the show. So I think 300 in that arena is quite loud. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of it's going to be the fallout from yeah. uh, the show yeah. from the weekend as well. Well, congratulations, Aisha. We really do appreciate you coming on board and having a, a chat with us tonight. Yeah, it was great. Well done on being the main event, and uh, hopefully the career is just on the up from now on. Yep. Thank you, guys. Good on you. Aisha joining us here from PCW. So there you go, guys. The Iconics bringing us into the second half before Aisha having a chat to us. So let's move on, and there's a few things to talk about in the world of wrestling. Uh, Elliot Sexton making his NXT house show debut. What's that, two weeks after Jonah Rock? Yeah, yeah. So it's good. Good for us uh, Aussie fans, seeing the boys get a bit of road work. So it's good. Yeah, they're they're in the ring quickly, which is is good because um so the the whole class that they started with not in the ring yet. Um, good to see those guys, and, and Alec got a win as well, which is, I don't know if was it he means... under Elliot Sexton? No, no, what, no. What, what was he? He was under his real name. A real name, really. Brendan Vink. Yes. Wow, nice. Hey, uh, WrestleMania card is taking shape, and did I read somewhere? 17 matches on WrestleMania. Th- they're suspecting that there's going to be 17 matches. It's not oh, all. Right down yet um but our girls today the iconics they got a win over the women's tag champs so i think they'll be added to a a four-way match at wrestlemania which means there'll be two australia three australians um on the on the card for wrestlemania not in battle royals like in proper matches in title matches yeah so 17 matches does that mean we all have to go to work and get two days annual leave (laughs) being australian no, no, it'll start at, it starts really good. It's good for us. It starts at 8 a.m. Yeah. So if I'm taking the day off for WrestleMania, which I I do. Um, so it'll be a Monday, won't I'm it? I'm happy for that whole Monday to be filled yeah. with wrestling. It means no chores. Hmm. I like that, actually. I like that. Yeah. And takeaway for dinner and lunch. Uber Eats is, is a yes, saviour. Breakfast, lunch, WrestleMania day. <laughs> hey, uh, Kofi Kingston, it was a pretty important week for him too, wasn't it? Well, he was uh, screwed again <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, they had him in the gauntlet match. He had a gauntlet match against five opponents. Never been done before in WWE history. He got through all five opponents, and old mate McMahon came out and said, now you'll be at WrestleMania. Congratulations, as long as you can beat Daniel Bryan. <laughs> so Kofi's got more hoops to jump through. Mm. But it was an amazing performance. It was, uh, it was, he was in the ring for an hour. Um, and Kofi Maynard is not abating any time soon. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Kurt Angle's farewell match, that's been announced. I, I, I didn't think he was going to have a singles match. No, I, th- I thought he would. I'd, I, th- I would have liked him to not have a match. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see Kurt Angle struggle through any more promos and matches. Yeah, he does get a little bit lost out there. But his match against uh, Chad Gable wasn't wasn't too offensive. Well, because Chad said. Gable is Well, incredible. of course. So... I it wouldn't would... be surprised if Kurt Angle, for some reason, turns up the night before and is trying to wrestle someone at the Hall of Fame, like, just conf- in a confused state. Oh, you go the old um, Bob Backlund, 
crazy old guy and keep <laughs> no, working. Just, just confused old guy. <laughs> Too many good punch drunk. The old yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm not sure about Baron Corbin. I understand the long storyline of him getting rid of him as a GM. I don't think that's what the fans want to see as Kurt Angle's last match. We but still may not. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, probably they'll find some way to put John Cena in there and get rid of Baron Corbin. But Baron's a heel and... He's going to get cheered. Taking this match is going to make him more of a heel. It's like, oh, we don't want to see Baron Corbin. And he's like, oh, stiff shit. Yeah. So. And I look, I think Baron Corbin, I really disliked him in NXT and I didn't like him... But I feel like since he's cut his hair and got the new the new look, I think I enjoy his work as a heel. Like he's not the greatest wrestler in the world, he's not the worst wrestler. He's okay. Yeah. But did he did he cut his hair or was that forced? No, no, apparently he was asking for a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just meant by Mother Nature. He was well, forced. half of it was yeah. forced. So he'd cut half his hair <laughs> okay. by Mother Nature. At least he took the hint quicker than Shawn Michaels did. Well, Hulk Hogan still hasn't <laughs> taken the hint. Uh Dana Brooke boys. Yeah, I um I mentioned her last week that she I think I did anyway that she uh, made a really good promo and you believed it. Uh, she came out this this week and I know it was a squash match and she was squashed, but if you're gonna get booked for a squash match, there's a way to do it. And she came out, um, she lost the match, but the way she sold the armbar and and sold the pain of being held for an extended period of time in the armbar was really believable. And I think if you can come out, you're only given a couple of minutes on TV, but if you take that opportunity, you come out, you sell, um, you're believable, but you don't overshadow your opponent who you're putting over. I don't think you can do any more. And I think she's got a place in the WWE. I'm not sure what it is, but if she goes out and does her job, regardless of what it is, I think that, you know, she'll do well. Yeah, it was totally selfless performance. It was good. Yeah, for someone who's, genuinely hungry because she hasn't been on TV for ages. She had a tough year personally last year. Um, I was happy for her. Talk to me about the momentum that is building so rapidly over in the... The opposite. You think you it's reckon? building? You think it's building? Well, the anticipation is... It but was. Uh, I, think, I think it's been slowly... and Dying? Know, yeah. No, no, not dying. Just the, just the buzz around it since the sellout mm. got announced... It's just slowly going. Look, I know they don't have a. Of TV. course, you're talking about AEW. Oh, yeah, sorry, AEW and Double or Nothing. I just think AEW is a brand. And look, I'm a big being the elite fan. I I watch every week. Which and I, I don't. I personally don't watch because yeah, I don't like the young boys. I don't, I don't see that. I find that as like a cute little bit of entertainment, a little bit of a wink and a nod to fans. I don't think that's gonna. You know, what are they getting? Three hundred, four hundred thousand. Three hundred usually, I think. Is it? It's not translating to creating more fans. They've they've got their fans. That's it. Yeah. Look, I'm going to counter argue a little bit because it's WrestleMania season. Yeah. It's really hard to get any traction with the media at the moment. So maybe it's just smarter for them to to be quiet for the next two or three weeks, and then um, in the you know straight after WrestleMania they Build can start again. building. Yeah. yeah. I'm just talking the outside. The soupy indie fan bubble. The, 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 Bucks, buzz, the Bucks fans are, are yeah, f- they prefer the Bucks to wrestling. Some of them, yeah. So obviously they won the AAA Tag Team Championships on the weekend in Mexico. Did they? Yes. So that's a a great thing for the soupy indie fans. I didn't. Even but know. Out, outside of that, and from what I've told, the building had no idea who the Bucks were. So no, just the. 
Yeah, it's cool that they're, what they're doing, showing up at these random shows, but those those shows they're showing up at, they're already fans. They're already that super indie fan, I think. Yeah, they, they, they need to do something to be mainstream, but hopefully when they, you know, they've got Chris Jericho, who's got crossover, they will hopefully announce a couple of people from WWE in the next couple of months who are coming out of contract. Yeah. So you never know. Um I think it has slowed down, but I don't think it's anything to worry about because they legitimately don't have anything to sell at the moment. Is there a uh, is there a thought would there be word going through from WWE management saying if you're out of contract and you sign up with the other boys that's fine, but when they go bust in twelve months and they're not around anymore, don't expect to come back here. I, would, I don't that be, think, would that be? They've a got too much money to go bust yeah. in twelve months. I, I don't. I don't think the WWE side politically would talk, say it like that. I think they had offered more money, like AJ Styles just recently. Just recently signed, they've signed. offered. They've offered anyone who's coming out of contract in the next, I think. 18 months is getting offered extra okay. to re-sign five years at the moment. So they're definitely trying to lock their guys up. That's part of the reason for the 17 matches at WrestleMania. Um, it's to get everyone on the card so everyone's yeah, happy. They're trying to we keep all work. Happy. We all got our WrestleMania yeah, moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, good. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the great interviews that we've done or you guys did here on the turnbuckle is Bruce Pritchard. And uh, how's that uh, tour happening? Well, it's this weekend. Yeah. 22nd, 23rd, and the 24th. So Brisbane. Friday Friday he's in Sydney. Yeah, Melbourne. It's Melbourne Saturday night, which we'll be at, and Sunday in Brisbane at the Trifford. So, yeah, get, there's still tickets available. I think oh, there's good. a lot. So if you want to come out and see Bruce um, and have a beer with us, do that. Uh, if you want to see Bruce and don't have a beer with us, do that as well. Um, but it's not going to happen again. He's... Working for WWE now, yep. there won't be any more dates ever again. So it's probably a now or never type thing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good night. You never know. Stephanie might fire him again. And well, if he brings a-, a gun to work, she might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MCW Clash of the Titans. It was really good. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the main event and the, uh, the Geno entrance straight off the bat. That Geno entrance was... Uh, the best thing I've seen. Locally. Yeah. yeah. That That's a... WrestleMania. NXT TakeOver type. Yeah, yeah, entrance. Like, if someone said, oh, Triple H put that together, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You well, go, yeah, that's- it'd probably be obviously more expensive looking, but yeah. It was- For those that haven't seen it, jump on the socials. It's all there, and it's sort of like all these knights had come out, or four yeah. guys. And it didn't take long for the crowd to get their own chant going towards yeah. Gino. Probably I liked good. when they were singing that along to the to the yeah. tune as well. Dun, like, dun, 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 we, we like you, Gino. Dun, 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 the opposite. But yeah. I, I think Gino needs to use that as his theme song. Yeah, right now, be because good. I think so the whole the crowd com- singing that along. It'll be good. Be nice. And yeah, Sebastian Walker putting the crown on his head. Really good. And the storytelling in the match was amazing. It was a, perfect. I think um, it was... I was pretty tired when that match started. Yeah. And um, that was... It was a really good feeling in the crowd. The crowd were into the match and the chants and the even the sh- the interference. It, it all looked like Gino was going to win again. And Slex is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Is that one of the loudest pops you've heard at a local? Yes. Yeah, definitely. That uh, The crowd went absolutely nuts, Tony. I just want to talk about the, the girls' match as well. The, I thought that I was really enjoying that match. I that thought, was good. Um, all three of them were amazing. 
I thought it ended too soon. The finish felt like it came out of nowhere. It was only about seven or eight minutes that much. Yeah. I, w- I could have easily enjoyed those girls wrestling for another at least five minutes. But um, I thought uh, Indy Hartwell Busted in particular, she worked her ass off for the whole time she was in the ring and she bounced around and sold like a superstar. Um, anyway, some people are sometimes critical of her. I know I'm a big fan, but um, I thought that she was sort of the glue that held the match together for yep. a lot of it. Avery's a star. Kellyanne's one of the best wrestlers in the country. So that that show's already up online. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, but, yeah, I thought the girls' match, the whole time they're out there, amazing. Yeah. And the tables, letters, and chairs match? I thought match. Dowie died. Yeah, we all thought Dowie died. Maybe only two or three times. So, yeah, when you're watching it, leg. you know, yeah. Couple of dangerous spots there. You know, I know he put it on social media. He's going to take a few weeks off, yeah, which is a good thing. <laughs> I, I think after watching that match, you he know. was in a sling after the show. I've heard, and um, I've spoke to people at MCW who say he's pretty banged up. Yeah, so he did. He um, he took some really and horrific bumps. Fun time. Phil and Lockie Hendricks had a really fun match as well. I really enjoyed that. There was a there's a spot in it where Lockie was going to get counted for three, and as the referee's arm went down, he caught it. Uh, so that he wasn't counted out. Really, really clever. And then obviously Lockie won. So Ari was going to get mm. fired. Ari decided to throw the towel in rather than have her, rather than Phil be any more yeah, yeah. pain. She gave up her job. And then Phil joined the Kiss My Ass Club and kissed Lockie's ass to save her job. Like you've done a few times, Tony. I have never done that. You've kissed never, lots of ever. people's ass to keep your job. Not Lockie Hendricks. Yeah, I would have liked um, then Ari to, to break up with Phil. Like, I'm not kissing you after your t- lips have been there. <laughs> well, we might get that on the next show. But anyway, that was um, that was a really really well-told story, and that was a fun match. Yeah. No, it was a really good. So, yeah, go out of your way. Watch it online. It's already up there. And MCW Twitter. announcing also a brewery show at Moondog Brewery in May. Yes, and they've announced that the session moth, Martina, will be coming out to wrestle Avery in a brewery. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. It's not an 18-plus show either. It's part of Good Beer Week. Uh, now, I know that uh, people sometimes buy their MCW tickets late. There are only 500 tickets to this show. Ooh. So that's 200 less than what you're going to get at Thornbury Theatre. So maybe you want to think about um, getting those tickets quickly. I, I, I know the next night there's a Glow show as well. Now, Millie McKenzie's on the Glow show the next night. Martina's on this show. I'm going to... Look, it's not official, but I think that there's a potential that those girls are on both shows. Makes sense. So it's worth going to to see them wrestle as much as you can because two of the most fun workers from the UK. And wrestling in a brewery. You can't say no to that, can you, Tony? No, TLC takes a whole new meaning, I think, at a brewery. Tequila, liquor, and chips. Chips? It's, it's beer. Yeah. Cider. 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 Coming up beer. on Tap. Friday... <laughs> March I think there's beer. The 22nd, Adelaide Wrestling Revolution presents Limitless, featuring Robbie Eagles and Jake Lindo for the first time ever. Funny story about that. Is, I that, messaged, is that the first time ever? Yeah, when I, when when that got announced, I messaged Lindo and said with the screenshot and said, "Congratulations!" He's like, "Shit, I didn't even know this." <laughs> so no, but this, that, Lindo's been in great form. I think in the last three or four months, I think that'll be a really good match. Yeah. 
A great opportunity, yeah, for Lindo, who's wrestling really well. Saturday, March the 23rd, PWA Black Label is on in Sydney. Wahlberg versus Ugg for the heavyweight championship. If you're in Sydney, that is a definite must-see show. And Jack Bonzer, of course. Yeah, he said there's limited tickets left, so jump online. Tasmanian Championship Wrestling presents Redemption at the Alphen Sports Centre. PCW Ignition returns to Ferntree Gully with the fallout from Grand, Grand Slam. APW Balling Point is on in Cranbourne. And Riot City Wrestling presents Mega Slam at the Latvian Hall. That is more. Mm, there is too. Uh, Hunter Valley Wrestling have a huge doubleheader on Saturday. Should we down in Tassie? The double header. Saturday the 23rd and <laughs> Sunday the 24th, featuring former Impact Wrestling World Champion Cowboy James Storm. Damien Slater, Tali, Izzy Shaw, Slade Mercer, Adam Brooks, and many, many, many more. If you're in Newcastle, make sure you check that out. Yeah, I think um, that's like Hunter Valley Wrestling. They're uh, sick of playing second fiddle, I think. So yeah. they're. Um, They've got James Storm. I've heard at the show they're going to announce another um, international for their next show. So they're obviously picking up their game. So if you're in the area, definitely get to that. And, um, you know, Slade Mercer. Who doesn't want to see Slade three? No, exactly. He's got three belts now. Ask him about his marmalade. And ask him uh, where his underworld title is. They've got James Shaw. We've got his brother, the godfather, Davis Storm. We do. We do. We've got next week... Davis Storm coming on again. It was almost requested by a listener, and Davis is up for it, and we owe him burgers. Yeah. Now we're going to owe him more burgers. That's all right. Cool. Burgers with Davis. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. Tune in next week. If you've got an idea for a podcast, contact us here at My Podcast House or on the Turnbuckle through our Facebook page, and we'll help you get on air as well. Boys, we'll do it all again next week. How do you say contact? Contact. Contact us. I thought you were throwing out a contest. Okay. (laughs) That's all right. Well, listen out. Might be a new podcast, Burgers with Davis. You could it sell that in to Perth. Me. It'd be very difficult. How are we doing it next week, Tony? You you know how the phones work. Uber Eats. <laughs> well, let's order Uber Eats for him while he's over at home, so a burger no, we, gets no, delivered. We want to eat burgers with no, Davis, okay, so we yeah, can no, talk to him. Good yeah. Idea. Catch you next week, folks. And. Week. See, I can't even talk now. You're, just totally you're, you're throwing off a game. Uh, he's still drunk from going out with Lockie last night for his birthday. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> catch you next week, folks. We will hear on mypodcasthouse.com. It is, of course, on the turnbuckle.